You're gonna need a bigger boat. My father, James R. Hoffer, has been missing for some 32 hours. Without notice or pre-publicity, the Rolling Stones rolled down Fifth Avenue towards the Fifth oh, Avenue man. Hotel, where they were to hold a news conference. The Sullivan Theater will be alive and well with Howard Cosell. We're here in San Francisco where the FBI has just arrested fugitive heiress Patricia Hearst and her two SLA companions. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Chris Sinzak here along with Aaron Camaro. Hello. In uh, perfect voice today. How you doing? I'm still a little rough, man. You know, <laughs> like last week, like I told everybody, my voice is shot, but, you know, this one's rough, man. I'm having a hard time. So I, I may have to gab a little bit extra on this one, but uh, I'm going to definitely try to focus on the music today and try not to yap too much. But we want to talk about a few news items. Um, well, this is a new concept we're doing for the show. This is We're going to do this... Every now and then, we're going to do a year in review. And it's cool, because, you know, everybody does years in reviews yeah. at the end of the year. Of but that year. But, but who, yeah, right at that moment, you know, mm-hmm. who cares about that? We're actually going to go back in time, and we're going to do uh, years in review mm-hmm. from the past. From the past. From the past, to the future, to the day. And today, I think we picked a pretty damn prime year. Yeah, a really prime year. I didn't realize it when I picked it, but, you know, it's mm-hmm. 1975. Yeah. Just a shit ton of great rock music came out in that year. Stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't really think about it till you look it up mm-hmm. and realize in a year how many great bands, great albums came out that year. It's, it's almost mind-blowing. And Aaron, how old were you in 1975? I was born in 1975, which is the reason why I picked it. So that's our, our first hard rock fact of the day for 1975 when Mr. and Mrs. Camaro introduced a little baby boy <laughs> into the world. And I was born in 1976, so I was right. negative. I was a seedling in my dad's nutsack yeah, when uh, little, all this went down. It's a little sparkle in his eye. I know. That's pretty gross. Yeah, we'll have to find out. We'll have to see if your year matches up to my year because yes, my I, year is pretty good. Hard yeah. to beat. We went at, went Hard in and went on the the good trustworthy Wikipedia and uh, to do our research for this. And we were both talking the other day about how, man, can you imagine being a teenager in 1975 with the list of stuff yeah, that came out that year? You know, so many great albums. I mean, I'm talking about Rush and Pink Floyd had music out that year. Kiss, ACDC, Nazareth, Zeppelin, Elvis. You know? Elvis even, you know, that that kind of tricked me a little bit because it was to me it was weird that, you know, at the same year that Alice Cooper Welcome to My Nightmare came out and Aerosmith Toys in the Attic <clears throat> is going to be a long show my friend. <laughs> same year that those albums came out, Elvis was still coming out with new music. Yeah, that's kind of odd. It's a, a real crossroads of uh, culture at the time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at that list, I mean, it's all different kinds of music and it's I mean, just imagine, you know, if you're out there listening to that, look, go to Wikipedia, look up 1975, Year in Music, mm-hmm. and just look at the eclectic list of amazing music and groundbreaking stuff that came out this year. And we're going to try to go from the beginning of the year through the end of the year. And our music picks don't start till March, so let's quickly scam o- skim over, not scam over, this isn't Vinnie Vincent, we're going to uh-huh. skim over January and February. In January, um, let's see, we had The Wiz, the uh, version of The Wizard of Oz came out in Broadway, but uh, the big thing in January to rock fans was, this was like the height of Zeppelin mania yeah. for Led Zeppelin. You had a story January 6th, a thousand Led Zeppelin fans were waiting for tickets to go on sale for their February 4th con- concert caused $30,000 in damage to the Boston Garden. Wow. The uh, fans broke chairs and doors, and the mayor of Boston, Kevin White, canceled the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> and also, three... So a thousand people were waiting for their tickets, and somewhere something they went just terribly trashed the wrong. Venue. Yeah. And also, they uh, they had Zeppelin had three sold-out shows at Madison Square Garden, sold out in four hours. Wow. So, yeah, definitely the height of Zeppelin's, mm-hmm. you know, conquering of America. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with Zeppelin. And, I mean, they, uh, you know, physical graffiti came out in this year. Yeah. And I, it, we didn't pick any physical graffiti stuff because we didn't want to play eight-minute songs. But, yeah, um, they're all but, pretty long. But they, yeah, And we've all heard a lot of that stuff. So we Everything else is something you've heard on the radio a million times. Of course. So that's yeah. not what we're about here. Yeah, we want to, we, but hopefully, we were just talking about this off mic, 
you know, we want to we want this show to hopefully inspire you to check out some stuff you may not have heard before. You may have missed it the first time. You well, may have been blinded by Elvis right. at the time and yeah, and not know, got to check out some. Sure, of this but stuff. then you think, well, geez, I wonder what kind of music he was coming out in '75, the same year Rush was coming out in Zeppelin and mm-hmm. ZZ Top and stuff. You know, what was he doing to compete with these guys? Right, and you know, and and that's what I said too. I hope this inspires you guys to get out there and you know check out this music and maybe look into stuff you haven't really listened to before. You know, some of it might be weird, and then you listen to it and say, man, I really like this. You yeah, know? and uh, February, the, I'll just real quickly mention the, a film called Slade and Flame, starring the members of Slade, came out in London. Hmm. And uh, speaking of getting into people you may not have gotten into, if, you, if you're a Kiss fan and you've never checked out Slade, you want right. to check them out, because it's very anthemic stuff, very heavily influenced uh, big influence for Kiss. If you're a Quiet Riot fan, you'll really, really oh, like Oh, of him. course. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Come on, Phil Illinois. Mama, yeah, we're all crazy now. Sure. You know, Quiet Riot basically built their, you know, multi-million dollar careers off of Slade songs. <laughs> I don't yeah. think they wanted to, but it just sort of happened. Right. You know? It just worked out that Speaking way. Speaking of Quiet Riot, 1975, the year Quiet Riot was formed. Yeah. Yep. And there was a few other other bands formed that year, and we'll get into that as Those the show goes were, on. They were around for quite a while before mm-hmm. they ever broke. Yeah, definitely. So let's go ahead and start with March. And a little album by Kiss called Dress to Kill came out. Dress to Kill. You got to remember at this time, you know, when you're talking about all these big bands and Zeppelin Mania is going running wild around America, <laughs> you know, Kiss is just an up and coming band. You know, they've already released two albums that haven't sold so great, you know, and they're, they're releasing their third. And little do they know that right around the corner, they're going to release that, that live album that changes the world. Yeah. You know, but right now we're talking about Dress to Kill. Came out in 1975. This is my first pick of the show. I love this song. It's Kiss with She. Bye. 
Well, there you have it. You can't beat that tune right there off Dress to Kill. 1975 is what we're talking about. That's the one and only Kiss with She, man. I love that song. You know, and the cool thing about that is you got to remember at that time when Kiss is coming out, they're not already the multi-billionaire band that they become to be. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys are young and they're hungry. Mm-hmm. And at, at, on that album is special, I think. I really like Dress to Kill. I always have uh-huh. because it represents, you know, these guys, you know, their last ditch effort at that point. Like, it's do or die. Yeah, and it was, a, it was a cost-cutting situation. They had Neil Bogart, the label president, is the one who re- produced that album. Yeah. You know, that was like a last-ditch thing, which I, I'll give Neil Bogart credit. I think he did a better production job than Kerner and Wise did on the first two albums. I mean, yeah. I mean, Dress to Kill is pretty awesome. You can't, you can't argue with that one at all. But didn't capture it like a live, which would come out later, right? Did and, but and that it, would be the big, good. the big break That's that Kiss had been working yeah. for all along. But uh, we're gonna go ahead and move on to April, and we know I don't think we've ever played any Aerosmith on this show, so uh, no, I don't think we have. I think it's about time. I mean, if you're talking about 1975, I know you're talking about Toys in the Attic. Toys in the Attic, the third third album put out by Aerosmith in April of '75. Amazing um, album. First single, Sweet Emotion. Second single, Walk This Way. Yeah. I mean, it's it's about as big as it gets for Aerosmith. But uh, I want to play a track that's definitely, it's not a well-known track off this album, but I mean, how many more times do we need to hear Walk This Way? Exactly. So, you, know, you can turn on the radio right now and it's probably playing somewhere. So yeah, I almost picked Adam's Apple, but I want it, or Big... I, or, that, that was a close one yeah. on my list. I, I, was, I had Adam's Apple on mine. But. And Big 10-inch record's good just for the novelty factor. It's a fun song. But I wanted to pick one that, actually, I think this song could have been a good rocking single if they wanted to put it out. I'm talking about No More, No More. I love that Another song. Tyler Perry composition. Yeah, very good song. So from 1975's April release, Toys in the Attic, this is Aerosmith with No More, No More.
Broadcasting live from Lenny's Mole, you're listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. All right, we're back. Welcome back to the Decibel Geek Podcast. We're doing Year in the Review, 1975. 1975. Get your bell bottoms on, bitches. Yeah. All right. Some stack <laughs> shoes, baby. Let's talk a little bit about some stuff that happened during that year. One thing that happened during the year is... I don't think anybody knew that there was drug use back in 1975. In 75? No way. My parents <laughs> never told me nothing about that. Enough cocaine to kill a small nation. <laughs> Want to talk about uh, maca? I, I always think that, you know, the 70s were more like the marijuana generation. The 80s was more known for cocaine. I mean, yeah, of course, there was a ton of cocaine around. You Basically, you know, any one of these songs we pick today, you can pick the album, and somewhere, somewhere on that album is going to be a reference to cocaine. Well... Speaking of <laughs> speaking of marijuana, Paul McCartney and his wife Linda at the time were uh, pulled over on a routine traffic stop by the L.A. police in March of that year, and Linda is arrested for having six to eight ounces of marijuana in her purse. Nice. Now, can, you, can you just see Paul going, <laughs> "Quick, put all this in your purse. You know, get it all in there. I'm, I'm you know, I'm Paul McCartney. I can't take this bust. You got to take it for me." Exactly. Linda McCartney, six to eight ounces. Wow. That's some serious dope smoking right there. That's a big purse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then we lost Linda a few years ago, and then Paul remarried uh, well, you Heather know, Mills. And that's a funny thing, because when Paul McCartney married Heather Mills, that's that's the one-legged chick, right? Yeah, nicknamed yeah. Eileen. <laughs> when he married her, one of the things was that she like banned him from smoking pot. You really? know, would not allow him to smoke pot. And I told my wife at that time, you know, if you take a guy who, you know, smokes, you know, and is a smoker and has no problem with it and smokes, mm-hmm. you know, you can't tell him don't smoke. Mm-hmm. Because he'll he'll quit because it's not like cocaine or crack or something where you can't quit. Because you can. You can quit smoking weed. Yeah. But you don't ever really want to. Mm-hmm. You know, so the whole time he was with her, I was like, this is not going to end well. And then finally, that's what it came down to, I think. <laughs> she wouldn't let him smoke. And he's like, that's enough of that. Now he's sitting in his castle firing up a doobie. Well, he's sitting in his castle with this big old bong that's made out of a prosthetic leg. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a good. All the Beatles fans turn off their iPods. That's all right. They weren't probably tuned in to begin with. All right. Well, we're still in. Yeah, still we're in, talking about seventy-five here. Yeah, we're still you know? in April. That's funny. We're in April. Here's an album that came out in April, and I was lucky to get introduced to this one when I was young, probably like three or four years old. My aunt Pam had this. Mm-hmm. Talking about the album Nazareth, Hair of the Dog. Good record. Yeah. Now the guy from Nazareth, known as one of the probably worst rock singers, you know, of all time. He's just got that crazy voice. Screechy. But it, but it works. Oh, it yeah. works for it's what fun. they're doing. Um, the album cover. You guys go ahead, you know, when this <laughs> is over, check out the album cover. The album cover's killer. The all the album covers were good back in seventy five. They're all artistic. Every one of the covers in seventy five almost could be put in a frame and hung up on a wall and look like a piece of art. Yeah. You know, this one included. This album used to trip me out when I was it's a, a kid. creepy cover. I'd listen to the album, you know, with the headphones on, looking at the cover of it going what is this? You know, is it a monster? Is it a mountain? What is it? You know, is this what these guys look like that singing these songs? Well, it sounded like it. You can check it out for yourself Smoke right six now. to eight ounces of pot, and then you can figure out what you think it is. Exactly. So, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll leave that to Linda and Paul and okay. not Heather Mills. This is Nazareth Changing Times. You guys are going to like this. Crank it up.
See, now that was pretty badass right there. Nazareth with Changing Times, a band that doesn't really get a lot of credit when you when it comes to hard rock and heavy metal, but that Hair of the Dog album is killer. I mean, yeah. there's a bunch of great songs on there. And, of course, you know, Guns N' Roses would go on to cover that title track yeah. years later. One of my and favorite then make covers. it famous. Yeah, they did mm -hmm. a really good job on it, too. Mm -hmm. But if you get a chance, check out Nazareth, Hair of the Dog album. Yeah. Trip out over that cover, man. It's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about 1975, we're going to go from April into June. It's a vintage year. A vintage year. Vintage year. And, uh... Great Black Sabbath album called Sabotage came out yeah, in June. This was this was the beginning of the end of Black Sabbath. Yeah, I, but a lot of people would consider this their musical peak. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean Sabotage is a killer it, album. It's about as great as they through. could have done with with the Aussie lineup, I believe. You know, they were going to go on, they'd go on to work with Dio after this. But uh, and we were talking about that before off air. But Dio had a very interesting year. Yeah, you he know, did. He, he he was in the band Elf. You know, they'd, earlier in the year, they'd, they'd come out with an album. Mm -hmm. And then later that year, well, we'll get into that a little bit later. We'll talk mm -hmm. more about Dio in a little bit. He was a busy boy. But this is, you know, the end of Sabbath right here. This is their last studio album with Ozzy Osbourne before, you know, they become, you know, they continue. Of course, they get Dio, and then from there they get multiple singers. But, you know, to me, always the true Black Sabbath, the original Black mm -hmm. Sabbath with Ozzy Osbourne on lead vocals. And this album is a true testament to it. Yeah, and it was a it's it's a it's a very adventurous album for Sabbath because you've got a lot of heavy and powerful stuff mixed with some of the experimental stuff where you've got like super super czar the instrumental. Yeah. I almost picked that, but I want I was like let's, you got Ozzy, let's let's listen to Ozzy yeah. sing. And then he, but you've got heavier stuff like Hole in the Sky. Love that song. And you've got my pick, which I think this this song. If you listen to this and imagine, put yourself back in '75 in your head, you can see where a lot of the British heavy metal bands got what the, got their influence and, oh, for and sure. early Metallica got their influence. Cause this yeah. is totally, this is the ground floor of like thrash metal. If you want to call the, it that. It's the beginning of metal period. Yeah. In my opinion. But yeah, off of, Sabbath, the, baby. off of Sabotage released in June of 75. This is Black Sabbath with Symptom of the Universe.
Steve Austin, the $6 million man, and the new Bionic Transport and Repair Station. The rocket's crashing! We'll put him in the Bionic Repair Station. We can rebuild him. We'll replace the modules in the Bionic arm. No injury here. We'll have to check his eye. Bionic eye, A-OK. -okay. $6 million man, ready for action. New Bionic Transport and Repair Station sold separately. The $6 million man, new from Kenner. Rubbing our last two brain cells together. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to the Decibel Geek Podcast. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by Chris Zinzak. We're talking about an awesome year, a vintage year for rock and roll. We're talking about 1975. We've played a lot of cool stuff so far. You know, Black Sabbath, Nazareth. Kiss, you know, it's it, this year is is jam packed with awesome music, and it's it's crazy to think, you know, how cool must it have been to have been a teenager in 1975? You know, just at the age where you're old enough and have the cash to buy your own albums. Yeah, you know how cool the three so the three much. bucks you would have needed to buy a vinyl album. That's it, <laughs> you know, that's the thing. Now we were talking a little bit earlier. We just listened to Black Sabbath, man, Symptom of the Universe, yeah, killer song. Love yeah. that. But we also were talking about Dio a little bit. And like I mentioned, he had been in the band Elf. Mm -hmm. And then also that year, now you got to remember at this point, you know, Tony Iommi's got to be thinking, this isn't working. You yeah. know, I've got to find a new lead singer. Mm -hmm. Well, at that very same time, Ronnie James Dio joins up with another legendary rock and roller, and they come out with a really, really good album. You know, I'm talking about Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Yeah, Richie Blackmore quit uh, working with deep purple in this year deep purple mm -hmm. another fantastic band yeah and uh struck out on his own to do uh, his own group he did and he founded rainbow and ronnie james dio was the singer and uh if you're a D D fan at all and and yeah. like rock music you can't beat uh this record no it's cool i mean it really is it's got the all the the mythological themes that you'd expect out of ronnie james mm -hmm. dio you know it's it's killer for that it was really i mean it's really the birth of power metal i mean it, it's, it's it yeah. was it was the it was the blueprint for that for that stuff you've got the fantasy lyrics and you've got the neoclassical style of guitar that that blackmore brought to the band yeah and uh it was definitely one of a kind there was no band that sounded like rainbow at that no time. way well unless you were ronnie james dio and or deep purple because they would that's what yeah. it was it was you listen to that album and it's a good combination yeah. of dio and deep purple it's almost like yeah. if dio was the lead singer of deep purple that's what it would sound like and that yeah that's exactly what this my pick my next pick sounds like well you and, know uh, and the funny thing about that is this same year in 1975 deep purple comes out with an album too mm -hmm. did richie blackmore leave the band because he couldn't stand hanging out with david coverdale I'm, is that how it works? I'm not up on, <laughs> on the history of that one. I'm not sure. I mean, or you'd rather hang out with Ronnie James Dio, I suppose. You've got the height advantage, I know. Yeah. That. So. <laughs> I'd rather hang out with Ronnie James Dio myself. I would, too. I definitely would. Well, you can't fault him, then. They came out with a great <laughs> album. What song? I mean, out of all the great songs on this album, which one did you pick? Well, Man on the Silver Mountain almost made my, my yeah, pick. Yeah, that but, was uh, on my list, too. I love that song. But for my own selfish guitar player reasons, I wanted to pick this one, because this one's just, I love the guitar work on this, and I love Ronnie's vocals on this. So off uh, Rainbow's self-titled album from 1975, this is 16th Century Green Sleeves. Come, he must be undone by the 
All right, that's Rainbow with 16th Century Greensleeves. That's an awesome song, man. Yep, really good. Midway through 1975, we're doing the year in review. That was in from July, and uh, we talked earlier about Quiet Riot being founded in 1975. Another band that was just started up around 1975 was Iron Maiden. Yeah. Steve Harris got the name from the Man in the Iron Mask, mm-hmm. and decided to go ahead and go with it. Uh, but uh, Maiden didn't play heavily into especially America's consciousness until a few years after that. Right, because you got to remember in 75, you know, you're talking about this band just forming. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just starting to play the little clubs in the in little English towns that they were in. Yeah. You know, but it was a precursor. And, you know, and like you said earlier with Black Sabbath, you know, you look at, look at Sabotage, you know, that's what these guys are listening to while they're forming Iron Maiden. Yeah, you know? and it, it, we're talking about all the great stuff musically that happened in that year, but I got to... I still got to point out, you know, people talk about, oh, it was so much better back in the old days. There was some crap that was being released during this time, too. Oh, for sure. Uh, the Bee Gees <laughs> reached number one with Jive Talking. See, if you want to pick out the worst songs from any year, just look at the number one hit singles. Right. You know, Go and look you'll at the see top which the ones are the worst. You know, and 75, you know, as great as a year it was, as, as all these great bands were coming out with groundbreaking rock albums. There was a lot of bullshit out there well, at that time, too. And there always is. You know, that's the way it goes. You had, you know, John Denver in December of that year released the Rocky Mountain Christmas special. Yeah. You know, uh, New Year's Rockin' Eve that year. The, the headliners were Average White Band, Melissa Manchester, Freddie Fender, and Neil Sedaka. Well, you know, and that's the funny thing, too. And maybe it's me because I'm a little bit older. I may not listen to any of that, mm-hmm. but I can still respect it. Oh, I can respect it. but I The mean, stuff the- of nowadays, I don't listen to it. And I don't respect. Well, it. I could see somebody getting into Neil Sedaka or Melissa Manchester yeah, a that's lot faster. Understandable. I can, but I can't see how anyone gets into Nicki Minaj and all right. that shit. It's just, you know? it's, I don't, I don't see anything redeemable. But maybe we're just old. I don't know. I mean, our kids will probably be saying they just don't make them like Nicki Minaj no more when they're our age. <laughs> I hope not. I weep for our future. <laughs> I weep for the children of tomorrow. Exactly. That's why we're in the past, 1975. And one band that's heavily overlooked from this era that you should definitely check out if you haven't checked them out is Budgie. And that's your next pick. What, yeah. what do you got from Budgie? I chose Budgie because, you know, they were so influential at that time. And a lot of people, I don't know, maybe if it's just stateside or, you know, even just in general, a lot of people don't realize how much, you know, the hard rock and heavy metal bands like Metallica and thrash metal and bands mm-hmm. like that were influenced by Budgie. Mm-hmm. You know, I never really knew nothing about Budgie until I found out Metallica was covering their songs. Right. And then it was a chance, just like this is supposed to be, to go back, look in time, and maybe pick out a few things that you might have missed. Well, this was one of them, because mm-hmm. I was never, I could never tell you in my life, I was a Big Budgie fan. Right. You know? There's only a handful of people that will tell you that. Right. I mean, but this is really cool. Here's a song. I know you guys are going to like this. It's 1975. It's rock and roll. I mean, this basically launched Metallica. This is what Metallica was listening to mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, maybe 10 years from now, from 1975, they start forming bands. This is Budgie. Check this one out. you got to love the title. I Can't See My Feelings. It's on the Decibel Geek Podcast.
Starfighter, the sporty little four-seater you didn't expect from Olds. Starfighter, new super coupe born with road sense. V6 for economy and performance. A standard four-speed shift. Starfighter. It's a good feeling to have an Olds around you. Listen to the Decibel Geek podcast on your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, and WebOS phones with Stitcher. Stitcher's Smart Radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at Stitcher.com. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Do not adjust your flux capacitor. The year is 1975. The podcast is the Decimal Geek Podcast. And we're back. We're having a good time today. We're talking about that year, 1975. Great year for music. Great year for, you know... for everything, you know, it seems like, you know, life must have been a lot better back in 1975. The drugs were certainly more available. And probably a lot better. <laughs> there was a lot of stuff going on back in those days. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a good year. Well, it was a good year musically for Alice Cooper. He put out Welcome to My Nightmare mm-hmm. in March, but uh, he didn't have a very good June. He fell off the stage at a show in Vancouver and broke six of his ribs. Dang, six ribs. Six ribs. You know, I don't know if anybody's ever had, like, bruised ribs. I've had bruised ribs before. It, it's bad. But a couple of albums. Yikes. That- a couple of albums that came out that year that I want to talk about real quick that uh, we, we we may not play any tracks from them, but we just want they deserve a note. Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd came yeah. out that year. Queen released A Night at the Opera, which uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was number one for the last five weeks of the year and yeah, first figured, four weeks of the I next year. I figured that was definitely going to be your number one pick. I thought for sure I'm going to come over here and have my list of four songs, and Chris is going to say, well, you know, I didn't pick four songs. I picked one. Well, it That's would, the length. It would work songs. lengthwise. Yeah. I'll just, yeah. This is my yeah my five to one pick Bohemian Rhapsody no not really but, but you uh, know it was a popular song at the time you yeah. know it's still very well known you know mm-hmm. so many years later then it was like re-energized through the Wayne's World movie mm-hmm. you know I think that was probably the first time I'd ever heard it was when Wayne's World came out and you know it's a crazy song but you know what there's that one section in Bohemian Rhapsody where it kicks in and rocks out. Mm-hmm. You know, I could do without the whole rest of the song. Just give me that part. I'll take <laughs> I'll take Bohemian Rhapsody part three. There you go. And uh, Motorhead was formed this year. Uh, yeah. The Ramones got their first record contract that year. See, and it's funny because we were talking about this. It's kind of like a history lesson, what we're doing here. It's a history lesson in rock and roll. Mm-hmm. You know, and you think about it timeline, uh, timeline-wise, you know, Kiss is coming out with their third album, the mm-hmm. Ramones just got signed to their first record contract. Yeah, it gives you, know, you an idea that, of how things fell in it's place. It's perspective. It's rock and roll perspective, baby. That's what we're doing today. Yeah, and Rush put out two albums that year. They put mm-hmm. out Fly By Night, and they put out the album that my next pick is on, Caress of Steel. And uh, I picked this song for a number of reasons. One, the song is great, and it rocks. Yeah. Um, you know, And this is before Rush kind of went off into weird land with writing about books and stuff. And, right. Which there's a, you know, that's, fine stuff if you're a Rush fan and I like Rush but I don't love Rush like a lot of people do well and the thing that makes me mad and, and the thing that justifies what we're doing here in the Decibel Geek podcast is there's a lot of great songs you know in my opinion the greatest Rush songs are the earliest Rush yeah. songs where they're more of a rock band and less than a, mm-hmm. a prog band I guess you would yeah. call it and you know it makes me mad that radio stations you know you got the Rush you know discography you can pick any songs and play any ones you want mm-hmm my voice is shot, yeah. baby. I'm having trouble. <laughs> They're going to think I have a different co-host this week. Yeah, it's Lemmy from Motorhead. You're the Tommy Thayer of podcasts. That's it. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you just got that. I could just think of a thousand jokes <laughs> yeah. to tell right now. But let's stay on track here. Right. Um, where the hell were we? <laughs> DJs should be playing more early Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing, because you got this whole, you know, group of great songs you can be choosing from, and you want to pick the weird stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. You want to play them songs over and over again, but you could be playing stuff like this. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and pick off from September's, September's release, Caress of Steel. This is Rush with Bastille Day.
right, some early rush there for you before they went into Prague World. That's uh, Bastille Day off the Caress of Steel album. I love that early rush stuff, man. Yeah. Love it. It, it rocks. A lot of people don't realize how heavy they used to be. Well, that's the thing. You know, I, growing up, never liked Rush. Mm -hmm. You know, didn't like them. But I didn't know about them first couple of albums. Right. You know, as I got older and thought, well, I better, I ought to sit down and check out Rush. Mm -hmm. You know, once the, once the internet's available and you can pretty much listen to at least clips of all their songs, right. you know, you, sometimes you take the time to do that. That's what we're trying to hope to get you guys to do today. Yeah. Um, you know, I did that with Rush and, you know, it's like, man, I just don't understand what's the, what's the big deal about these guys. They, they're not that great. But then I listened to them first couple of albums. It's like, oh, okay, I get it now. These guys were really killer at one time. Yeah, they were. They were pretty meat and potatoes to start and out. You know what? And not to take anything away from their later stuff, because there's some gems in there. As a hard rock fan, you know that's not all. You know, uh, just the weird it's radio in, songs you hear all the time. I mean, but it, there's there's good stuff mixed in there still these days. They've still got it. It's all in what you like. I mean, there's there's people that like you know the band Stradivarius and stuff. I don't like it, but I'm sure to them it's amazing stuff. You know, right, there's sure. people that love you know Loretta Lynn. I don't care for it, but I'm sure other people love it. But uh, we're not Can about just, playing that. You've stuff. mentioned Loretta Lynn and Juice Newton on this show now. I know. We're going one more. A, one more, and your rock cards getting cold. <laughs> we're going in a weird direction. You start here. talking about Tina Turner here in a minute. There's going to be problems. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun, man. This has been really cool. Yeah. You know, and like I said, it opened up my eyes to you know to take a time capsule of a year mm -hmm. and look at it as good music. You know, and we strip away all the. The Elvis and like you said the the Bee Gees. The, I think Juice Newton probably did put all music in '75, <laughs> and of course uh, the Bee Gees and all this goofy disco stuff that mm -hmm. was just, I guess even the Bee Gees. I mean, disco didn't really take out off till much later, so the Bee Gees must have been just first getting their start. Yeah, too. they were right on the edge of it. All right there goes my first car. Well, no, hey, to be to be quite honest, the earlier Bee Gees stuff before they went into disco land, pretty good stuff. Really? Yeah, check it out. Good singer songwriter type stuff, not <sighs> disco at all. Really? Yeah. Weird. Not heavy rock, but but, but not but not but decent quality decent quality music. I was trying to lead you into getting getting you to say the Bee Gees rock, so then that would be it, and then this becomes the Aaron Camaro show. No, <laughs> Man, that would stink. My voice would be shot every couple of weeks. Well, all right, Mister Shot Voice, you got the last word. What do you got to play us out with? All right, we're talking about 1975. You know, you've got to talk about ACDC. These guys were just starting to hit their prime. You know, at this point, before, you know, of course, before Bon, uh, bon Scott passed away years later. But 1975, they came out with the, the album High Voltage, mm -hmm. which was an uh, international release. Mm -hmm. You know, and it gets kind of funny because the song High Voltage wasn't on that original release. No. It was on a release that came later in the year mm -hmm. in December that was an Australian-only release. Yeah. The TNT album. The TNT album. So High Voltage is originally on the TNT album the song right you know then from there what's the next where where's the next appearance of that song oh geez what was the album i had no idea was it powerage maybe i think it might have been i'm not going to claim to be an expert on the early acdc eventually it gets released internationally everywhere else i think the next year yeah but originally this song came out in 1975 it's a great one to go out on the show with. Want to thank everybody for tuning in once again this week. You know, we love it. You guys keep giving us good feedback on all the different sites and everything. Anything mm -hmm. you got to say in closing, my friend? Just thanks everybody for listening. This has been fun. We're going to definitely this do this again. We're going to do another year sometime. And, uh, dude, get some rest on your voice, man. I need to, man. I need to go down and uh, get a couple of beers or something. Yeah, that'll heal put, it. Put a little alcohol on it. That's always the cure. So we're going to end the show this week. It's 1975. Thank you for taking a trip back in time with the Decibel Geek Podcast. Kicking it out right now. It's high voltage. It's rock and roll. It's ACDC. We'll see you guys next week. See ya. Remember to check us out at dbgeekshow.blogspot.com, facebook.com slash decibelgeek, and Twitter at decibelgeekpod. Also available for free on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. 